Welcome to The Untrue Show, where I talk about the reality of being a millennial without all of the rants. And welcome again. <laughs> I always want to say good morning because I record in the morning, but you might be listening any time of the day. So I'm going to say good everything. Thanks for listening. And welcome back. Hopefully you're back. And welcome if it's your first time here. <laughs> I am a morning person, so I always feel like I'm very cheerful at this time and it's the perfect time to record. And today I'm going to talk about National Singles Day. If you've never heard of it, that's okay because it's a Chinese holiday. It falls on 11-11 and it's a day where Chinese people celebrate being single. Of course, we have made it into a day for sales and deals. <laughs> I have a couple emails in my inbox right now that are in celebration of National Singles Day. Uh, all of them are makeup companies and cosmetic companies, but I feel like retail companies are kind of missing out on this one. Like you should definitely have an 11-11 promo. I mean, where are they? Maybe there'll be more coming out later today, but I haven't seen that many. Uh, if I owned a club... I would totally be pushing an 11-11 party to get all the single ladies in there because when the women show up at clubs, that's when the men show up. So they're just missing out. Like I saw no 11-11 promos. What's wrong with y'all? <laughs> um, because it's 11-11, I'm going to take on a topic uh, for my single people out there. And not just for my single people necessarily, but this will be benefit the single people because it's something that I've been running into with my girlfriends is as we date and we look at profiles on Bumble and Tinder. Those are two that I'm on. I think I'm on also on Hinge and Facebook dating. So as we look at profiles on these dating apps, sometimes there's terms or lingo that I don't necessarily understand. And I've had to take extra steps to try to decide if I'm going to swipe left. Like there might be a word or two that the guy has expressed that he is on his profile. And I'm like, what does that mean? I got to figure it out. So just defining some of those terms that I've run across for you guys, make it easier as you navigate the apps and just also talk about how, you know, we're in a day and age where people are a little bit more free to be themselves. And I think Dating overall, I mean, just keeping it candid, is not the most fun process. It's a, it's heartbreak, it's stress, it's rejection. Um, there's fun aspects to it because you get to meet new people. I get to go new places. I get to have a lot of conversations. I get to learn a lot about myself. And I'm grateful for those parts of being single. But the, the lingo makes it really tough to discern if you want to even have that initial conversation with someone or move to the next step, which from an app would be um, the initial right swipe. So how do I know if I want to right swipe on you if I don't understand some of the words on your profile? I'm going to start with the light, the light words, and then we're going to get a little bit heavy, but really try to keep a positive vibe on this because Trust me, I know if you're out there dating, like it's not always the most fun thing. So <laughs> the first word I'm going to start with is one I just recently saw in a couple articles. Emma Watson, who's Hermione um, from Harry Potter series. Side note, I always when I read the books, I read a, all the Harry Potter books before I saw the movies. Well, some of them came out after the movies, but that's neither here nor there. So I was reading them 
prior to some of the movies coming out. And what I used to do in my mind was call her Hermione and not Hermione. <laughs> Segway, right? Uh, so Emma Watson came out and she described herself as self-partnered. And as I researched that for the podcast, I'd learned like some people were totally for it. And then some people were like, this is totally stupid. Um, in my mind, I'm totally for it because while I identify as a person who's single, that's what I file on my taxes. That's what I put on my, you know, profiles on the internet. Uh, I do think we have to use an empowering term to kind of take away the negative connotation of being single because sometimes there is one. So saying self-partnered, I think it's pretty cool because we are self-partnered. Like I got to boost myself up in the morning when I don't want to get up out of bed. And, you know, I have friends and I have family, but it's, it's not always the same of having like a significant other. So I do have to do a lot of self-partnering and self-motivation and self-lifting up out of the darkness. <laughs> um, and we have to champion ourselves. So I'm totally for that term. I think it's a positive and, you know, I think everybody's entitled to their opinion, but I see it as a good thing, like self-partnered. Um, especially being a celebrity and even being a regular person when your family is like, where's your, where's your, where's the guy for you? Where's your man? Have you found a mate yet? Being able to come back and say, I'm self-partnered and I'm doing well. No one ever asks about your health, but they always ask like, where's your man? What if I had a man that was making me unhealthy? Think about that. (laughs) Um, so the next word I'm going to talk about, I actually heard it on, how to get away with murder this past week. It was, uh, it's season six, episode seven. And Michaela says someone questions her relationship status. Cause she's kind of in between, in between two different guys who really like her. And she says, I'm fabstinent and fabulous. And I was like, yo, I like that. I'm thinking when she says fabstinent, she means fabulously abstinent, which again is kind of taking on, a different twist to another word, which is abstinent and abstaining from sex or even abstaining from other things. Um, And I'm definitely pro abstinence. I think it's self-empowering and a great way to focus on yourself and what you have going on in your life. So I love how she added fabulous to it because abstinence is a totally, it's a positive thing. When you abstain from something or, you know, someone you really get to see, does this fit into my life? Do I want this in my life? Can I, you know, have enough self-control to to pull myself away from it and come back later? And can I grow in this season? I know um, a lot of people give, give up stuff for Lent. And I remember one year I gave up sodas and I abstained from drinking them. And looking back, it was a really, really good decision because those during that time frame, I was able to see like, I don't need soda. And I never went back. I was drinking a Sprite or Coke a day, which is not very healthy. And my skin cleared up. I felt a lot better. And I realized I don't need that. So I think seasons of abstaining from things, whether it be sex or uh, foods or drinks can really be a light at the tunnel for you to be like, Oh, wow, I don't really need that soda. I thought I needed every day. Go figure. Um, the next one that I want to talk about is kind of going into the more heavier side of things. So I've run across a lot of profiles on Tinder. Um, 
as a backstory, I learned maybe, was it 2018 or 2017? I think it was 2018. Um, up until then, there was this website called Backpage. And on Backpage, people would um, hook up with each other. You'd find different types of um, maybe not so mainstream sexual preferences would go there to, to meet up and have personals. And there's also like Craigslist personals. But what started happening was people were using these personals and Backpage to do things that were not safe or healthy. Uh, I'd say a lot of sexual assault was happening. A lot of sex trafficking was happening. So both of those things have gone away now. And I noticed being on the apps, once those things went away, those that community of people have to find somewhere to go. I haven't seen any trafficking on the apps or I totally report it, but I have seen um, a lot more rise of like a man who might um, like to dress as a woman and he's looking for girlfriends. I don't necessarily think that's what Tinder and Bumble are for, but um, particularly Tinder, I see this a lot on there where it's a man and a lot of times they're dressed like Britney Spears and they'll have on a wig and they'll have stockings and they'll say like, just looking for a girlfriend to get my nails done. So I'm saying all that to say there's people seeking connection on Tinder that are not necessarily seeking a relationship because someone looking for a girlfriend to go get their nails done with is not looking for a significant other. They're looking for a friend. So a lot more of that is happening now because when you lose your community, you have to find somewhere else to go. And another thing that I'm seeing is happening is not even just on the apps is sometimes on social media, people will put in their bios like pronouns or he and her or well, no, not he and her, because those don't go together, but pronouns are her and she. And I'm a woman, so my pronouns that I would choose to have used to describe me are her and she, but sometimes it it might not be that way for everybody. So um, looking at different um, ways that people want to have themselves described, they're able to define that now, because sometimes the gender that you're born into isn't the gender you identify with. So a man that dresses like a woman, he was born as a man, but he might identify as a woman. So kind of understanding these differences now and being a little bit more accepting because it's hard, or at least it was hard to not accept these things when I wasn't seeing them or wasn't aware of them or wasn't understanding of them because you can, you can be born into one body and just feel like you're something totally different. And now I've really, really get that. I was watching the show with, um, there's a young girl, her name is jazz and she was born as a boy. And as I watched that, I just had this sense of empathy towards what she's gone through because I don't know what it's like to be born into something and assign a gender and not feeling like that gender at all. And there's some people out there who do. And one of the ways that I learned a lot more about that community was through Nip Tuck. I don't know if you guys ever saw that show. Um, I think it was like way ahead of its time because it, it taught me a lot about these sub communities or communities and tribes where people gather together with other people like them. And it helped me learn to accept people as they are and I think if anything I could say about the climate of things right now I'm really glad that people have the the space and the runway to be who they are instead of trying to hide these things because imagine trying to date and 
trying to force yourself into something that's just not you. And that's totally okay now to not try to force yourself into something that just isn't who you are or isn't what you want to do. So, um, I heard about this particular next definition I'm going to talk about or next thing I'm going to talk about from a book called, um, I think I mentioned it before the game of desire by Shan Boudram. And she talks about the Kinsey scale. So this is a scale that kind of helps you define your sexuality. So a person can be like straight up exclusively heterosexual, equal parts, heterosexual, homosexual, which will be bisexual, or they could be straight up homosexual. So being educated about this is really helpful for me. And then understanding like words like cisgender, which means for me, I was born a woman and I identify as a woman. So I'm cisgender. Um, but some people aren't cisgender. There's like transgender who, you know, and other words. So trying to find a way to understand the new language, like trans man or trans woman were words that we use growing up or heard growing up at least from comedians and in media and entertainment were like transvestite or tranny which are not things that we should use anymore they're not politically correct and they're kind of offensive to people so understanding like where we are in 2019 with that type of stuff and understanding like I don't want to go back to where we were I don't want to use words that offend communities and make them feel left out Trust me, I'm a minority. I definitely don't want to use another word to hurt another group because, you know, all of our lives we kind of deal with these different words and different things, labels being assigned to us that aren't necessarily who we are. So having the grace to correct people when they say the wrong thing or being open to being corrected myself, really trying to make sure I have that that space in my heart for that kind of thing. Um, another word or a couple words that I run across a lot on profiles is, um, BDSM terms, which is bondage, dominant submission, discipline, all those things. Um, I guess if you've seen 50 stages of gray or heard about that, I think that's about BDSM. I never saw it, so I can't speak to it directly, but I've seen a lot of men post that they're looking for submissives uh, I even saw one guy that said DDLG which is daddy dom little girl it's like this lifestyle where you dress up as a little girl the guy's a dad I definitely swiped left but I did look up the term and I was like that's just not for me <laughs> um, but you know there's people out there who who are into it and then I um, also saw something a couple terms that are related to sadomasochism um, so if you ever watch Nip Tuck, this is where I, I really got a good understanding of what this means. So there's Nip Tuck was about two plastic surgeons and one of them was, you know, a, a playboy, uh, promiscuous and his name was Christian and they operated on this woman. Um, she just felt she was really unattractive because she had a little bit of plastic surgery to make herself feel better. That's a whole different conversation. But after the surgery, she kept hitting on the doctor and he was like, I'm just straight up not into you. And he's like, the only way I'd be into you if you put this paper bag over your head. So he was a sadist who inflicted humiliation on the woman by making her wear the plastic bag. And she enjoyed it because she liked to receive pain or humiliation. She was humiliated about wearing the plastic bag, but she enjoyed being with him because um, she pursued him and 
she felt like this was her one opportunity, but she did approach him to say like, you're a sadist and I'm a masochist because we enjoyed this dynamic and, and she broke it down to him. And I was like, wow, this is really informative for me because I never thought of those terms. And, um, that's not really something I've ever explored. Um, but I guess everybody has their something. (laughs) Um, so another word that I run across is ambiamorous. So this is someone who can enjoy monogamy or polyamorous relationships. I swipe left on that guy. <laughs> um, and, you know, polygamous means someone who has multiple mates. So I'll run across a guy who's married or in a relationship, but still seeking more outside of that. And then this one is probably the most confusing term to me, but it's ethically non-monogamous. <laughs> yeah, it's a mouthful. So non-monogamy is a relationship that involves multiple people. So I guess like poly to an extent, I don't know that some of the terms kind of run together for me, but non-monogamy is a relationship that involves more than two people. And ethical non-monogamy implies that everyone in that non-monogamous relationship is treated respectfully and they're they're on board with the arrangement and they're very aware. Um, so I have a couple of issues with this one specifically, just because I feel like are there situations where people are all aware that they're seeing each other and they're open to see other people and it's non-monogamous and they're communicating these things to each other. If they are, that's one thing. Or am I running across a profile of a guy who is married or in a monogamous relationship and just cheating and using this label to do so? So whenever I see this term, I usually swipe left just because I'm always wondering, like, is your partner or partners, are they aware of what you're really doing? Or are you using this label to cover up what you're doing? You're telling the person you're going to cheat with, but you're not necessarily telling the person who thinks you're in a monogamous relationship. That's always my kind of question about that. It's like, uh, you know, one, it's not for me. I don't want to be ethically non-monogamous. I am seeking a monogamous relationship. So I definitely don't ever swipe right on those, but it did, it did get me to think. And I was like, let me look up what that is. Cause I've never seen those words together. Um, I guess the ethical part again is you telling people and getting consent, but I just question if the person you're with is on board with that or if they're going along with that and they don't really want to just to keep you around. I don't know. Questions, right? (laughs) Um, And so the last word that I have on here is zaddy. I've been seeing this one used a lot. In fact, I just listened to the song by Ty Dolla Sign as I was prepping for the podcast because I've heard it used, but I didn't specifically know the full definition. I do kind of like this one. It means a handsome guy who's appealing and fashionable with sex appeal and swag. And I'm a fan. <laughs> um, so as I wrote down the definition, I wrote down like a whole list of guys, celebrities that could be a zaddy. Uh, Marsha Hala Ali, who won the Oscar for Moonlight and the Green Book this year. I definitely put him down. He was in uh, what's the movie? Uh, Luke Cage or the show Luke Cage. He was in Moonlight, Green Book. You know, he won the awards for those. 
Uh, he's also on House of Cards and, you know, just a very attractive man. Chocolate, you know, just nice looking. Uh, Sterling K. Brown is on here. If you watch This Is Us, you know what I'm talking about. Um, he is very sensitive, very smart, very good at one-liners, and he's a great dad and a loving husband. And also very fashionable on the red carpet. He was in Black Panther. Uh, I just saw him on Jimmy Kimmel, and he's actually a voice in Frozen. And it's so cute in his interview. He said, you know, I'm really excited to be part of Frozen because black people are in fairy tales too. And I was like, oh. And he was so enthusiastic, and he got to take his whole family to see it because he has two little boys. Anyway, so he's definitely on the list. Uh, then I put John Stamos because, you know, Uncle Jesse, I mean, his hair is still popping. I saw that his wife is like my age and he has, I think, one or two kids, um, which is which is good, which is cool. He's, you know, I think he, I don't know how old John Stamos is, but I know he kind of waited later to be a dad, but I'm still feeling it. <laughs> uh, Jason Momoa. I definitely put him on here as a zaddy. Uh, Joe Manganiello, who is Sofia Vergara's husband. He was on True Blood and, you know, as Alcee, you know, if you saw True Blood, do you get where I'm coming from? Idris Elba, of course. And I also put Chris Pine on here. If you saw him in Wonder Woman, you get why. If you saw him in Star Trek, you get why too. So I can keep going on and on with that list all day. I think that was one of my favorite words to research on here. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, so a couple of resources that I use for finding out the definitions. Um, sometimes I need to know I'm on the fly because if I'm looking at a profile, I want to know, like, do I want to take this person as a serious contender and swipe right? Or do I just need to let this go? What does this word mean? So the first place I go, of course, is Google. Um, the second place I look at is maybe a lot of times when you do Google urban dictionary pops up. So I'll go to urban dictionary. Sometimes I'll hashtag the word on, um, Twitter or Instagram to just find out like, what is the community posting? Maybe those clues can tell me what this is about. A couple weeks back, I know Red Table Talk did a whole episode on throuples, which is a, a relationship between three people. Um, and so there's a whole hashtag community of throuple relationships and people seeking throuples. So finding those spaces where I can get like the terminology and not so much the judgment of the people who don't live that lifestyle. Cause as you can imagine, um, there's a lot of people that are like, what the heck is this? And I don't want to look at these terms or these communities and think like, what the heck is this? I want to look at them from the lens of, what do I want and does what they're asking for fit into that and most times not most times but like I've said things like ethically non-monogamous doesn't really fit into the trajectory or the direction that I want to go in which is a monogamous relationship so right away that's an immediate swipe left someone who's poly that doesn't fit with where I'm going someone who is ambiamorous I don't know that one I just don't think that's going to fit. I think ultimately someone who enjoys both monogamy and poly relationships is probably needs to be with a partner who enjoys both of those two. It's just not going to work out with me. Uh, BDSM, that's not going to work out either. <laughs> so, fabstinent, 
that one might work. And self-partnered, I'm a fan. But some of the other terminology, seeing them on profiles, I can immediately say, like, I am a cisgender heterosexual woman looking for a monogamous partner who is heterosexual and go in that direction, (laughs) Uh, which I can say that there's a lot of people out there, a lot of men out there who are looking for the same. So just really being educated about these terms and educated about myself enough to know this is exactly the direction I want to go in. And then this is what fits into that profile of what I'm looking for and being able to swipe left on the rest, but also being able to understand the rest and not judge the rest, but walk away from it. Like this just isn't for me. So that's all I got for you guys today. I hope that you enjoyed the episode. If you'd like to connect with me, I am on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook as The Great Dana J. And I'll be back here uh, on my podcast, host posting more posts in the future, more episodes. Give me five star rating if you enjoyed this episode and you enjoyed a couple of the other ones as well. I host my podcast on Podbean. You can also follow me there or Google Play. And I will chat with you guys soon. Hope that you learned something from this show. And um, if you did and you want to reach out to me, feel free to on any of those platforms. And you can email me at thegreatdanaj at gmail.com for now. And I will be back soon. Thanks.